You're listening to the Prana and Patchouli podcast with me, Amy Davis. I'm a restorative yoga teacher, and every week I'll be sharing practice tips, spiritual tools, breath work, and guided meditations to reduce stress and raise your vibration. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. I just got off my yoga mat and in that calm and cosmic space that I created for myself, I started thinking about why I love restorative yoga so much. And I came to the conclusion that it's because the whole practice is really about learning or relearning how to relax again. In today's world, we all need that. It restores the natural processes of the body so we can show up for our lives and dreams as our healthiest and highest self. Relaxation is about reconnecting with our innate capacity for healing. I mean, think about the human body. It's our birthright to heal and repair. The body is always trying to bring us back to balance. Homeostasis to bring us home. If you've ever caught yourself sighing at the end of a long day, then this is an example of your body's natural way of relieving stress and anxiety. And with relaxation practices like meditation, breathwork, and restorative yoga, all of the things that we talk about here, We're just adding in a little bit of extra nourishment into the equation that tends to get left out when we're focusing on all the doing. And this is important too. After all, as humans were meant to create, it's what makes us different to animals. We were given intelligent brains, opposable thumbs, and passionate hearts so we can use them in this lifetime. But we have to balance that energy of creation with being and healing to create harmony. We rest so we can rise. And our day is supposed to ebb and flow between work and rest, between effort and ease like we talk about in the yoga practice. In the same way that our lives go through different seasons, so do our days. 
This can be in the form of how we manage our energy, but it's also about relaxation, and this is pivotal for helping our minds and bodies deal with stress. Relaxation techniques teach us how to sleep, heal, and thrive by regulating the nervous system. It's like we're re-educating the nervous system to go through that ebb and flow between the sympathetic, that energy of creation, and the parasympathetic, the energy of healing. We want to be able to rejuvenate and restore during those down moments, but also be on alert and prepared during that active moments, knowing that each is as important as the other. In relaxation, we learn to move away from the worry of the world and into ourselves. And it's this idea of pratyahara, that distilling of the senses, that distillation of the outer world. And practices like restorative yoga are about becoming much more introverted. And as an introvert, that's probably why I love practices like this so much. Now, sometimes for some people, there's this agitation and irritation and frustration that comes up when they try to relax. And I know that people have said to me before, I just can't switch off in Shavasana. Or I get to a restorative yoga class and I just can't relax into the poses. And that's because as we settle into stillness, we create a greater sense of awareness because we've removed any distractions around us. And when we're so used to being in a world that is super stimulating with all the noise and all the chaos, it can almost be jarring to the nervous system to sink into that state of stillness and quiet. So like anything, we need to decondition ourselves to unravel, to unlearn those kind of busy ways of the world so that we can return home to ourselves. And that natural state of relaxation and peace. But when we're in that space where we're struggling to relax and let go, this is where yoga really teaches us to be the witness, to observe what's happening within us and around us, And using that to really ground us into the present moment so that we can truly let go. 
Like anything, relaxation is a practice, and the more we do it, the easier it becomes. But we do have to be really intentional about creating that sacred time and space for ourselves to rest. And if you struggle with relaxation, then this is what we're diving into in my membership lighter this month. Our monthly theme and mantra for July is Today I will take deep, restorative breaths. So if you need a little bit of extra support and relaxation, then come over and join us at pranapachuli.com forward slash lighter. And I'll put that link in the show notes as well. And just give yourself this time to really explore stillness and peace in your own body and mind. Now we have lots of different techniques in yoga that influence the nervous system, so let's talk about some of them. And it's a powerful thing to be able to tap into so that we can shift our energy. The thing about the nervous system is that there's no on or off switch. It's not just about turning off the stress response and turning on the relaxation response. They're kind of interwoven. There's this ebb and flow. And with relaxation, like I said before, we're re-educating, we're relearning the habit of relaxation so that we can use tools like mindfulness to shift back into that relaxation response and that parasympathetic state a lot more quickly and easily. So I want to talk a little bit about the parasympathetic nervous system which produces that relaxation response and how we can maximize and amplify that through our practice. And I think the first place to start is by talking about the vagus nerve, which is the main nerve of the parasympathetic nervous system that runs from the brain all the way down through the heart and the lungs and into the belly. And by interacting with this nerve through various techniques in our practice, we can really increase that vagal tone and the parasympathetic response. So one way to nourish the vagus nerve is with pranayama or breath work. And there are a few different techniques that you can practice, especially if this is your intention. We'll start with diaphragmatic breathing. And this is where we really focus on working the muscle of the diaphragm, which is like a a dome-shaped muscle that sits just beneath the lungs. 
When we inhale, the diaphragm flattens. It kind of moves down to create more space and capacity in the lungs to hold more air. And then as we exhale, the diaphragm softens. It moves back up as we empty all the air out of the lungs. And sometimes diaphragmatic breathing is known as belly breathing, where we really focus on expanding the breath and getting down into the belly as well. So we're filling up the belly, we're filling up the lungs, and really encouraging that capacity to breathe a little bit bigger and fuller. And diaphragmatic breathing or belly breathing really stimulates that vagus nerve because the nerve travels through the esophageal hiatus, which is this small hole in the diaphragm that the esophagus passes through. So as we're contracting and releasing the diaphragm as we breathe, and in the yoga practice, we become really intentional about that through our breath work. Obviously, it happens on its own, but when we're stressed and we're busy and we're moving quickly through life, the breath tends to be kind of shallow and just really sits in the top of the chest. So the more mindful we are and the more we focus on extending and releasing the diaphragm like a muscle, it is a muscle, that we're working really to emphasize that relaxation response. We can increase vagal tone in this way. And then similarly, the bee breath or brahmari. This is where we kind of hum and that vibration in the back of the throat where the vagus nerve travels down the back of the throat. We're also nourishing it there as well. And then another technique is ujjayi breath. So you can see there are so many different ways that we can nourish the vagus nerve to encourage and maximize that parasympathetic response. And that's why breathwork is really so powerful for creating calm and relaxation. And then one thing that I haven't talked about yet is the longer exhale. And this is where the exhale is one or two, three, four counts longer than the inhale. It can be double the length of the inhale. And the thing here is about the ratio of the inhale and the exhale. And as we exhale, the vagus nerve secretes a substance called acetylcholine, which slows down the heart rate. So the more we extend that exhalation, so say you breathe in for four, you breathe out for eight, then this really also helps to create that sense of calm. Now, whilst we're talking about breathing practices, obviously all these techniques that I've mentioned can be really calming and soothing for the nervous system and really help to support and encourage that parasympathetic response through the vagus nerve. However, there are other techniques which can actually have more of a stimulating effect. If you think of something like 
breath of fire, you might feel more relaxed after it, but whilst you're practicing it, it's more energizing. So when we're talking about relaxation, we want to focus on these calming and not energizing breathing techniques. And then that leads me on to the second thing, which is all about creating introspective awareness. And we've touched on this a little bit as we talked about drawing our energy and attention from the outer world to our inner landscape. And we can do this with practices like breathwork, all of those techniques that we just talked about, but also with things like meditation. That's probably the most obvious one as we close our eyes and turn inwards. Or something like a body scan where we're really allowing our minds to scan our bodies and ground into each part, just noticing all of the sensations and vibrations within us. Or something like myofascial release can really help to induce that relaxation response because we're not focusing on what's going on out there, which can be quite stimulating, but instead we're focusing on what's going on in here. And the nice thing about this is that we're creating a focal point. And this is one of the things that Dr. Herbert Benson talked about in his book, The Relaxation Response. And that creating a focal point is a really powerful way to enhance relaxation. So in the yoga practice, this can be your literal focus point or gaze point, known as your drishti, such as when or where you're focusing when you're in a pose. So if you're doing standing balances like tree or eagle or dancer or something like that and you're balancing on one leg and you're looking at a spot on the floor or on the wall in front of you, something that doesn't move to help you find that balance, that is your drishti. And similarly, in meditation, you might focus your gaze, even though your eyes are closed, on that third eye point in between the eyebrows to quiet your mind and have something to draw your attention back to if your thoughts start to wander. We could also use a mantra, which is a word or a phrase repeated over and over again, something like peace or calm, whatever the intention is that you want to invoke, the feeling that you want to cultivate, repeating that mantra brings around a sense of focus to center your energy. And then we can also use the body with, you know, body-centric practices as we focus on the cues and really grounding into our body, 
maybe in a more physical yoga practice, or in a restorative yoga practice, focusing on the props that support us can be a really nice way to encourage relaxation as we really allow ourselves to relax. We feel safe enough to let go. And then one more technique that we could use here to create a focal point is visualization. So visualization meditations are great to really relax into. You know, maybe you close your eyes and you think about a place in nature where you felt so relaxed that that feeling of relaxation starts to wash over you in your meditation and you really just soak up the effects of that visualization. Then expanding on that to continue to invoke the relaxation response, we've got that focal point. Then there's also this idea of allowing non-judgmental awareness where we allow ourselves to be the witness. And instead of judging ourselves for, you know, our minds wandering, that monkey mind, or not being able to get into a pose, or not being able to relax in a pose. Instead, we just notice the thoughts and the feelings that are coming up for us without trying to label them or give them any meaning. And by creating that space between ourselves and our thoughts, we become less reactive. And we can just notice and kind of go, oh well, and then guide our attention back to our mantra or our meditation or our breath, whatever it is. And I like to explore this in the yoga practice as a sense of curiosity. When we're curious, we become more compassionate for ourselves instead of being so judgmental. And then one final thing that I want to mention is that the relaxation response is cultivated over time. And whilst there are a lot of techniques that can quickly shift us or shift us more quickly into that relaxation mode, the effects compound over time. So that might be days, weeks, months, the more and more you practice, the easier it is to tap into that relaxed state, but also in the practice itself. And with restorative yoga, we only practice a few poses. And simplicity is best really when it comes to restorative yoga as we relearn that relaxation habit, and we're holding the poses from anywhere between 5 and 20 minutes to really give ourselves time and permission to unwind. And if you think about how long that stress or tension or whatever it is has built up for, 
And then we expect ourselves to just click our fingers and relax instantly. Then it's not going to work. We have to really create that space for ourselves to relax. So there are so many tools and practices that we can turn to within yoga. And yoga as a practice in general is all about balancing the nervous system and calming us down. But there are specific practices that we can use. And when we think about stillness practices like restorative yoga, meditation, yoga nidra, the breath, these are really the most powerful for tapping into the parasympathetic nervous system and really nourishing that relaxation response. So as I close out this episode, just remember that it's that focal point that encourages unitasking so that we become completely present in one thing, which allows our nervous system to stay present as well and not be overwhelmed. And there's that interoception, that non-judgmental awareness and creating curiosity over judgment as a way to self-regulate. And then just allowing ourselves to be, giving ourselves time. And time really is a perception. It's something that we create in our minds. So the more you allow yourself the time to sink into restorative poses or your breath, the more shifts you will create. So I really hope that this episode has given you so many ideas that it's sparked some inspiration Maybe you feel like you really want to go and do a restorative pose right now or some breath work or meditate because you're really craving that relaxation response. And for those of us that are really busy or stressed out or feel exhausted or maybe like the world is just too much all you sensitive souls like me, then these relaxation practices can be incredibly powerful. You just have to invite them into your life. And like I said before, I have over 100 practices inside Lighter, so if you'd like to come and relax with me, then make sure you go to pranapatchouli.com forward slash Lighter and join our community. This is a place to rest and restore and connect with community and Really listen to the whispers of your soul. So that's all for now. And I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. 
And you may have noticed that I've switched up the programming of the show. So once a week, there'll be a talk like this. And then the following week, I'll guide you through an accompanying meditation or breathing practice. I know some of you listen to this when you're cleaning or gardening or even driving. So you can't just stop, drop and meditate. So this way you'll know when there's a practice coming and you can carve out a few minutes for that in your day. The practices are short, about five minutes, so less time than a tea break. Next week I'll be leading you through some breath work, which is a powerful tool for relaxation, like we just talked about. So make sure you tune in and... I'll see you back here next week. I hope you loved this episode of the Prana and Patchouli podcast. If you want more support and inspiration for your practice, then be sure to join our community of seekers, feelers, and dreamers by signing up for my weekly emails at pranapatchouli.com. You'll also get my free mini virtual retreat to help you stress less and restore peace right away. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. So until then, from my heart to yours, namaste.